Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Survive in Advance podcast. We have NFL Week 5. The first four weeks have been crazy enough. I'm just going to jump right in. We're back in the lab, webcam, full production going, and I'm adding even more to this podcast. This week, I'm going to do some Week 4 notes that I took throughout the first four weeks as we come into Week 5. And then every single week, I'm going to start to do my top 10 teams in the power rankings. I think four to five weeks gives me enough time to actually be confident in a top 10 list. And it's only going to get easier or even harder as we get closer to the playoffs in the end of the season. But I'll start off with some of the notes I have through the first four weeks. And guys, here's an interesting stat. So through the first four weeks, there are now 15 teams with a two and two record in the NFL. The most such teams at this point of a season in league history. So that's how competitive the league has been. 15 teams at two and two. To me, I see that as there's 15 teams hunting for the playoffs and there's only X amount of spots. There's also the Eagles is the only remaining undefeated team left. So just wanted to throw those two quick bits before we get started. And I'm going to jump right into my top 10 power rankings, rankings of the NFL. And guys, I might get a lot of backlash for this because this list is very foreign compared to some of the other ones I've seen from experts on NFL.com, a ton of different sources, but I doubt many people have theirs as similar to mine as uh I mean, they are all kind of the same. If you go online, the consensus is uh, Eagles, Chiefs, and Bills in the top three in any particular order. And then after that, it can be like a variety of eight different teams that fill all the way to the 12 spot. But I'm just going to do my top 10. I have the Eagles at number one. They're the only 4-0 team in the league. They've earned this number one spot. Not much else to say about Philly. I'm interested to see how they'll do against an elite opponent. They beat the Vikings on primetime. The Vikings look terrible. That's because the Eagles also made them look terrible. So credit to Philly, but I want to see how they stack up against an elite team as we progress in the season. When are they going to get their first loss? I'm not sure. I don't think it's going to be this week. At number two, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. They dropped a 41 spot on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense last Sunday night. This team has all the tools to go on another Super Bowl run behind Patrick Mahomes. I got them at two over the Bills, who I have at my number three spot. Buffalo, terrific comeback win last week on the road in Baltimore. To be honest, Eagles, Chiefs, Bills, I'd say my Super Bowl front runner right now out of the top three is going to be the Chiefs. Now to the four spot and where things get really interesting. Because so many people can argue that the two and two Ravens or the two and two Cincinnati Bengals or the San Francisco 49ers deserve to be in the four and five spots. I look at the power rankings as a week-to-week thing and who I like after the first four weeks of play at number four is the Green Bay Packers. I trust Aaron Rodgers. They haven't looked particularly good, but they're three and one on the season. I'm taking a three and one team over a two and two team, especially one that's led by uh, former MVP Super Bowl champ Aaron Rodgers. I have a ton of trust in them. Their rushing attack is great. We're going to dive more into their matchup against the New York Giants, who are also three and one, and they play in London early on Sunday morning. That'll be later in the podcast. At number five, I have another three and one team, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. This is probably the most outlandish take that you're going to see on this list, having the Vikings as high as five. But I think that they continue to play down to their opponents. We saw them in week one beat a really good Packers team. And it's weird for me to have the Packers over the Vikings, but it is because after the week one win, the Vikings, they looked terrible on Monday Night Football against the Eagles, but then they have two other wins. So they sit only a one-loss team through the first four weeks. I'm taking them at the five spot. I Like I said, they play down to their opponents. I know they have more than what they've shown us through the first four weeks. Skull. I think the Vikings are going to be a playoff team. I think they're a contender. I got them at five. Then at six and seven, back-to-back is a Sunday night football matchup this week. And I have the Bengals at six and the Ravens at seven. Being completely honest with you, it's a complete toss-up between these two teams. And the good thing is we don't have to wait to see uh, 
if I was right or wrong, because on Sunday night, we will see who's better between the Bengals and the Ravens. The Ravens host the Bengals in a huge AFC North rivalry game on Sunday night football. Going to be a very interesting one. To be honest, I don't know if I have the Bengals in that one just yet. We're going to talk about the game. I am a Bengals fan, so there might be some bias involved, but it's a complete flip of the coin toss up. I got the Bengals at six, Ravens at seven, and then the 49ers at eight. I think this is a little high for the Niners. I definitely think they're better um, than like what it sounds like saying they're only at eight, but there are some really competitive high powered offenses. And I just don't know if the Niners offense can hold up with some of these other teams. I know their defense is a lot better than most of these teams. I think the Niners have a top three defense in the NFL. They completely embarrassed Jared Goff and Sean McVay's offense from the LA Rams on Monday night football last week. So the Niners at eight, I think is a very healthy spot. They have a ton of potential, but then playing with Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of a beat up roster, they could fall down very quickly. So I got the Niners at eight, the Buccaneers at nine. This is a huge fall off. They were in my top four a week ago, all the way down to nine. The offense just isn't there right now. It's all Mike Evans. Once the guys start to get more healthy, they're still going to have a good offensive line. Uh, Leonard Fournette, of course, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady leading the way. So a ton of trust in the Buccaneers to come back after being in my nine spot this week. But I think it's still a good spot considering they got embarrassed at home on Sunday night football by the Kansas City Chiefs. And then at 10, capping off the power rankings for week four, I had the Dallas Cowboys, a three and one team at 10. I love Cooper Rush. The dude has still yet to lose a game as a starter in the NFL. They got to be at 10. Their defense is great. Linebacker plays stellar. We're going to talk about their matchup as America's game of the week against the LA Rams in LA this week uh, in just a few minutes. So those are my top 10 Eagles, Chiefs, Bills, Packers, Vikings, Bengals, Ravens, Niners, Buccaneers, Cowboys. Let's dive in to some of the best matchups of NFL week five. We have the three and one Packers going to London to play the three and one New York giants. Let's fire up the pictures here, guys. It feels great to be back. Um, I love the power rankings. Tell me what you guys want to think. And one of the questions that I posted on my Instagram story yesterday, got a response, uh, got a response. I asked you guys what you want me to talk about. And it transitions perfectly into this game. Shout out to Will Stevens. He's one of my buddies. He said, are the giants legit Luke? And I'm going to answer that question right now. Huge game between two, three and one teams. Like I said, this is the first NFL game in London between two teams with a winning record. So it's super funny to say. So finally, the London crowd will get a matchup of elite teams in the NFL. So for the Giants, this three and one start has surprised a lot of people. Um, I had their over in win totals, like their over win total on the season. I think it was at like six and a half or seven and a half, maybe a little higher than that. But I didn't think they would start three and one. Great start. And it's Coach Brian Dable who gets a lot of the credit. In this debut season with the Giants, this marks their first three and one start since they won the Super Bowl in 2011. I'm not saying the Giants are a Super Bowl contender right now. But one thing that is a contender is Saquon Barkley being the contender for NFL MVP. He leads the league with 463 rushing yards. He's seventh among running backs with five and a half yards per carry. And he's put the G-men on his back. Last week against the Bears, he totaled 162 scrimmage yards. Guys, that's 48.6% of New York's total offense. This guy does it all. He can catch it. He can run it. He's quick. He's strong. Saquon Barkley, probably the best running back in the NFL right now. He's going to be a huge factor for them if they want to beat a dominant Green Bay Packers team who's turned up uh, winning three in a row after a week one loss. Swinging over to the Packers. These guys have a two-headed backfield monster with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Aaron Jones pictured has 408 scrimmage yards on the year, two touchdowns on the young season. And then Dillon 280 all purpose yards and a touchdown for himself. They squeaked by the Patriots last week though. in overtime would have been a very bad loss considering the Patriots were all the way down to their third string quarterback. Also not the typical Patriots team that we're used to. They've had a rough start so far, probably in the bottom, 
I'd say, tier of teams in the power rankings in the NFL this year. But a win is a win for Green Bay, and that's what I'm going to continue to emphasize. Getting wins in the NFL do not come easy, no matter who it is. Every single point spread is going to be within two touchdowns. Unlike college, where we see 50-point point spreads between Bama and Utah State, this league is too competitive to have games that don't come down to the wire. And as much as it surprised us, it it doesn't really surprise you. If you watch the NFL – uh, week after week, year after year, you know games like this happen. It takes really good teams to win on the road, and it takes really good teams that they can play bad the whole game like the Packers did, but they still come out with a W, and that's all that matters. To be honest, I think that the Giants' 3-1 and one hype is just so due to fall, in, to fall into shambles, and that's not like a hot take or anything. I really hope the Giants continue to progress, but I think their defense is just going to have to continue to keep them in games, and I don't think they can this week because the Giants' wins this year have come stopping quarterbacks like Justin Fields, Davis Mills, Ryan Tannehill. This D now has to go head-to-head with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's too much to handle, and they go to 3-2 and two this week. The Packers to 4-1. and one. I got the Pack by a touchdown in London. Moving on, Sunday night football, the matchup that we were talking about, guys, Ravens v. v Bengals, huge AFC North battle, and this one's going to be sweet. I mean, you can't ask for a matchup this hyped up considering two of the brightest young quarterbacks in the NFL, two very different head coaches, Zach Taylor, John Harbaugh. Speaking of last week, the Ravens lose. You could argue that it was because their head coach kicking, instead of kicking a field goal on fourth and goal, they decided to go for it in a tie ball game. Don't convert. Bills go right down the field and kick like a 30-yard field goal to win the game on the road. Ravens back-to-back second-half losses by over two touchdowns. So not a good look. They need to bounce back on primetime. Let's see if they will. Let's jump. Let's start with the Ravens, the home favorites. They open up as three-point favorites. And these guys are the third highest scoring team in the NFL. They average 29.8 points per game. That's an insane number, considering they already have two losses, too. Offensive coordinator Greg Roman has put together a balanced offense that's kept teams on their heels. But last week in the 20 to 23 to 20 loss to the Bills, the Ravens were held scoreless in the second half, something you never like to see. They're going to beat the Bengals. I think they need to jump on them early and then jump on them enough to give them a little more room because considering they've blown two second half leads and the Bengals are considered one of the best second half offenses and defenses in football. So just an all around second half team in Cincinnati, I wouldn't be surprised if we see another second half comeback from the Ravens opposition. And now we can swing it over to the Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow. Oh, sorry. Quarterback Joe Burrow played two of his finest games against the Ravens last season. Two of his finest games in his career, you could argue. He combined for 941 yards and seven touchdowns against the Baltimore Ravens alone last year. He said he loves playing against these guys, and there is a huge rivalry that has now been created. If I, I mean, I can just jump to this point. I had it a little longer down the road, but Jamar Chase in that game finished with eight catches for 201 yards with a long touchdown. So this prompted former Ravens linebacker, to talk about the Bengals, because they could, they ran up the score on the Ravens a little bit. They were up by like, here it is. Burrow threw a 52-yard touchdown pass to Joe Mixon when they were up 20 points with two minutes remaining last year. Former Raven linebacker Bart Scott said that the Bengals won a lifetime career blank kicking from the Baltimore Ravens. Although Scott doesn't play on the Ravens anymore, you know that that secondary, that defense, that whole team wants the Bengals and they want a bad season sweep in the AFC North last year. Not too common considering the Ravens have had the Bengals number probably throughout the last decade, maybe even five years. 
But this is a new era in Cincinnati. And to be honest, guys, I think the Bengals show up on Sunday night. They need to protect Joe Burrow, which they did on Thursday night when they got a big-time win over the Miami Dolphins. They have extra rest coming into this game. And there's a ton of emphasis. I mean, rivalry game now, two great teams. But for the Bengals to win, they need to establish the run. Like I said, protect Joe Burrow. And Burrow needs to play with confidence. I'm going to get kind of on my own rant here. Go into the game on Thursday night. I could tell Joe Burrow, I don't know what the word is, gun shy, not confident, but he had guys open and he thought about it and he didn't. And I mean, if you get sacked on average, like six to 10 times a game, there's every reason for you to be a little hesitant and just want to check it down or just want to take the sack. But he needs to start playing like himself that the Bengals are going to be a, a contender like they were last year. And I think they definitely have the roster too, because to be honest, this team this year is probably better than the one that they took to the Super Bowl last season. I mean, they have all the offensive weapons back with an improved offensive line on paper. I know they haven't looked great. And then defensively, I think they have the best secondary in the NFL or at least a top three. I mean, Eli Apple, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, Cheeto, Awuzie, these guys are locked down. The pass rush needs to improve, but all in all, Sunday night is going to be an absolute thriller, I think. Now to the final game I'm going to talk about, it's going to be the Cowboys versus the Rams. So the three and one Cowboys head to LA to play the two and two Rams. So two teams kind of coming into this one, one with a ton of momentum and the other, the complete opposite. So we can start with the Cowboys with a ton of momentum. And that's this guy right here, Cooper Rush, undefeated as an NFL starter. The Cowboys lost week one. They lost Dak Prescott, but they got some new energy with Cooper Rush because they've now won three in a row. They have a huge game on the road. But like I said, winning three in a row, beating a team as good as the Cincinnati Bengals, who ranked in my top six in my power rankings, they got a lot of swag coming into this one. And then, like I said, on the opposite end, we have Matthew Stafford-led L.A. Rams, who got embarrassed on Monday Night Football by the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan continues to own Sean McVay, but that's not the story that we want to talk about here. What Rams offense are we going to see in this game? They need more because this Dallas defense is filled with stars all over the place. Of course, the turnover machine in the secondary digs and then Micah Parsons, this linebacker group is super quick, super versatile. I don't think that the Cowboys, I mean, they open up as like a six point underdog touchdown underdog. That shocks me, kind of scares me a little bit to say that the Cowboys will easily keep it within a touchdown because you know, when numbers are a little bit outlandish, some could say they're normally outlandish for good reason. But the Cowboys throughout the first four weeks has given me no, no doubt to think that they can beat the Rams in this game. But what offense are we going to see? Because Cooper Cup is all that the Rams currently have, and he's not going to be able to account for 300 or 400 yards of offense that they need per game. They need a rushing attack to establish, whether it's Henderson or Akers or whoever the heck is healthy on this team. But Stafford needs to find other guys in Cooper Cup, and other guys need to get open. I think this has to do with Sean McVay. He's going to have to work even harder than he has in the rest of his career because he was flooded with weapons last year. And to be honest, he has the weapons this year, but like without Odell Beckham Jr., they've definitely missed him a ton. But Allen Robinson needs to step up in their wide receiving core the Niners clamped them down in Santa Clara. I don't see how the same result doesn't happen in Dallas. I think one week is way too short of a turnaround for the Rams to completely improve their offense. They were embarrassed on Monday night. Nothing besides Cooper Cup. Can McVay figure out how to squeeze by the Cooper Rush-led Cowboys on sun Sunday afternoon? I personally do not think so. Survive in advance podcast, NFL Week 5. That is a wrap, fellas. We added the power rankings this week. Talked about the best three games, in my opinion, in those games. 
I'm not going to give any of these picks as official because I give them out before game time when I run them through like all the analytics and stuff like that that I look at. But really good football this week. We kind of have great games like Bengals Ravens and then terrible games uh, flooding the one o'clock slate, to be completely honest. But in the NFL, no game is a terrible game. No week is a terrible week. Week five NFL, we move. See you guys for the Monday recap. Thanks for tuning in once again.